As always, go Packers. Okay. The Bears. Oh, can I say that on this? Shoot, now you gotta edit. Sorry. <laughs> we apologize. It, it's not a sin if you say the Bears after the Absolutely. F word. You're listening to The Quick Cast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into The Quick Cast, the official podcast of Quick Trip. My name is Chris Calloway with the marketing department, and I'm joined by the one and only Charlie Barrett. Oh, Charlie, yeah. good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Am I talking close enough to the mic? You are great. We are getting perfect yeah. levels for you. All here. right, great. That sounds good. So we're here at Lambeau Field today. Lambeau Field, the, the center of it all, where it all began. And I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, it never gets old coming to this place, does it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not for me. Ask some people work here, you know? <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, true. But no, not for me. I... I uh, I love it. I mean, just looking out at it right now. I mean, it's it's it, so many memories from like you know we didn't we went to uh, growing up we went to the preseason games because mm-hmm. I'm from a big family so you know we, we weren't gonna be doing the spendy thing on the uh, regular season but and we didn't even take everyone to the preseason that was a big treat in and of itself but yeah that was uh, that was my first time here and it was you know amazing. We went to the free event they had after the Super Bowl in 96. Oh, yeah. We drove up because we weren't buying tickets at all, so we were yeah. kind of the same way there. Same but, I mean, I vividly remember the first time you kind of come out of the concourse and you walk onto the field. It sort of takes your breath away, and I know every game I come to, I still have that feeling. I mean, I mean, yeah. this place is, I think, sort of unique in that regard because some stadiums kind of feel a little cookie cutter, but... Not this one. No. No, it, it, it feels like... Uh, historical almost you know and there's a few stadiums in the nfl that have that feeling uh and and, i mean you know this isn't like um it's not like a sponsored field Mm -hmm. either you know people would riot if it was (laughs) i know it's got the name lambo field it's uh it you know it's got the the feeling of something historical and uh, you know it's tough to get a, a, away from that. It's just it, yeah, I'm still just looking out at it and it, it's it's uh, I feel like we're at the beginning of an ESPN Classics uh, you know opening montage sure. thing right now. Looking at the empty stadium too, it's always a little eerie. And then they so. cut to the football flying through the air and the fans yeah, are packed. But, exploding. I mean, today is what. Tuesday, and it's a little different feel in Green Bay than it is a Sunday in November, December, you know, and I think it's, Green Bay is sort of weird in that regard, that it's it's the smallest market with a professional franchise, but people from all over make the pilgrimage come here, and Green Bay, you know, what is it, 100,000 people? totally different feeling on Sundays and I think I think that's a testament to to Wisconsin here would you say I do and I think it, the fact that it is a community owned uh, team you know on paper you know I'm part owner myself Same here. I got one share it's hanging uh, on the refrigerator right now um, no I'm kidding it's actually in a nicer spot than the fridge you know because <laughs> you know what goes on the fridge although what goes on the fridge stays there for a long time mm-hmm. you know I've got they're great artwork. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's still there, you know. Just got to get more magnets. Um, no, it, it, it's just, uh, it's. Uh, you're right. It's the smallest market. It's owned by the community. Um, and it really gives that that 
element. I, I think the Packers, honestly, are a big reason that my the whole thing I did took mm-hmm. off was, you know, I, I sort of flippantly at the end, I wanted to find, of the first man to walk minute, I wanted to find like a, since it was news, I wanted to find like a Walter Cronkite way to sign <laughs> sure. off. And instead of good night and good luck, it was go Packers and F the Bears. Um, and the Packers fans really took to it and would send in, you know, my my whole thing from the beginning is is I think less about me and more about the Midwest. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, the way uh, Quick Trip is too, you know, it's it's always it, I do feel like, and that's why we started doing Quick Trip stuff like very early on was it was a kind of a brand that like reflected what the Midwest was you know in the same way like i wanted to not invent things but kind of take things from mm-hmm. the midwest and show them back at people and sort of so they're, they're, what i do is not a original mm-hmm. you know it's just it's not intended to be original it's tended to be something that we all kind of build together you know something that we all use like hope is not something I invented bio. It sure. wouldn't be funny if it was something I invented. Mm-hmm. It's something that's real. Screwed the pooch, you know. Um, ship captain crew, uh, a horse apiece. You know, these are none of these things I invented. But to be able to like, perhaps, build a bigger platform for them with the people who created them mm-hmm. is a real honor. You know. Very true. So you've had an opportunity to go all over the place. You've been all over the country uh, performing, and there's always seems to be Wisconsinites wherever you go. Obviously, you're probably best known here in the state, but is it continue to amaze you that, you know, wherever you go, there's probably somebody wearing a Packers T-shirt there in the stands? Wherever I go, there they are, you know? (laughs) There they are. Uh, It's... It's really cool. And I think, again, that's another reason that I've been able to do what I've been able to do is that people from the Midwest, though they may move somewhere else for work or a marriage or whatever, they find these Midwest consulates almost, usually at bars, call them Packers bars, Mm -hmm. you know, and they take their community with them and they're very proud of that. And it also comes back to the Packers, you know, it's a community owned thing. I think that's where I was going with my earlier sure. thought and never quite got there. But it's a community owned thing here, mm-hmm. you know. It's a vibe. Even if it's more like being part owner is more symbolic than anything else, it, it people take that seriously, you know, and they do feel uh, like they have ownership in this. And that puts a whole different vibe of fandom mm-hmm. out. And it's the same thing for when you leave the Midwest. If you're walking down the street and you almost bump into someone, you both say "ope" at the same time. Oh, man, it's like butter, you know? Yeah, we were on our honeymoon in Hawaii, and we I made my wife go to a Packer bar in Maui. Had a boy. Like, next table over, there was somebody from my hometown. <laughs> the other side of the world, and yet the Packer fans, yeah. they, they, they seem to find each other. We've, we find each other. That's how it goes. Um, so you've talked about um, kind of your, your upbringing and kind of how you, you went out to L.A. And, you know, you wanted to do a lot of um, your, your comedy, your skits. And you a lot of time was it was, was trial and error and kind of putting things out there on YouTube, on different platforms until something hits. I mean, mm. what sort of patience does it take to, to see things, you know, get 
couple views, dozen views, and then eventually something hits. I mean, what kind of patience does it kind of take to, to get to that point when something actually then pays off? Yeah, I think it's more passion um, than patience. I think uh, patience, you know, I was, I got to a point where I was not doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to create something that if I never made it, if I never like, if nobody ever watched it, Mm -hmm. it would be created, you know? And I think for anyone looking to do uh, certainly this kind of work, but I think whatever thing you're passionate about, you can't wait for the opportunity for someone to give you the opportunity to do it, you've just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Because then when the opportunity presents itself, and it will eventually, um, then you're ready to go. You've got a body of work to show them. You've got something you've been working on. You're many steps closer. So I think just doing it. And um, that's a very Midwest thing too. And something you know I learned growing up, I guess with the work ethic that my folks gave me or whatever is that you know in my younger years uh if if i wanted something i had to buy it Mm -hmm. you know so then i started working at a pretty young age you know so um there's that work ethic and that idea that if you truly want something just do it sure and you know one of the things i know that we experience uh, on our end is that you can set up all the production and have all of the videographers and sound and all this kind of stuff, and you know it, it does okay. And then something that you hold up a phone and shoot in 30 seconds blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all the planning that can go in, but some of those you know little videos. I mean, how do you kind of um, balance that with you know you can put all the work in the world in and you know you don't have to pay off, whereas you know a idea 30 seconds later. It's going like crazy. Yeah, you look at sort of where comedy is going these days and how accessible it is to everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, the most important thing is relatability. If you're thinking for something to do successful online, you're looking for um, who's going to, who does this say something about? Who are you serving, really? Uh, And that's kind of what relatability is, is... um, is serving an audience, mm-hmm. and, you know, because um, people can put stuff up that's self-serving and it's pretty clear, sure. you know. Um, like if I put up my show dates, my <laughs> tour dates, not going to do that well. Right. You know, it's pretty, uh, I mean, and that's debatable. Some, a, a lot of fans do get on my case about not telling my tour dates, <laughs> uh, and I'm a little uh, lazy, admittedly, in getting my tour dates out. Um, but that, but it is it, what you want to do is make them laugh. You know, give them something to laugh at or relate to, and that doesn't take a whole production crew a lot of times. Sure. Sometimes it does, if it if it's a more complicated idea. But a lot of times it's just like like you know I was riding the escalator in the uh, in the airport the other day, and I was cleaning off my shoes uh, on the little uh, black sweeper yeah. thing on the bottom. You know. And I took a video of that, and I haven't posted it yet, but at some point I will, because that's that's I something I do mm-hmm. that I think other people do too. Sure. And really, that's what it comes down to in a lot of those simpler videos of why they do well. It's just I I do this thing, I relate to this thing, and it's funny. I'm going to share it with someone else I know who also does this thing. So I think like the genre there it falls into is kind of the observational comedy. You know, sure. you take something you see. 
and you humorize it for people that go through it every day. Are there comedians that you've sort of drawn inspiration from in that regard, or maybe even in general that you know you, you sort of looked up to, or you really like their work because you know there's influences from people. There's kind of stealing their bits, you know, not literally like stealing it, but like kind of their where it comes from for them. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, observational humor obviously is something that's been around for a very, very, very long time. Seinfeld obviously made that into a whole show, made mm-hmm. a whole show out of it. I didn't watch a ton of Seinfeld growing up, but I have come up with bits and I pitched them to people and they're like, that's a Seinfeld bit. I'm like, damn it. Is it really? I mean, he's on forever. I mean, I know he's got so many. And, um, and so there is some overlap, but so it, it's, and to be, uh, to answer your question quickly, uh, since I was in the news biz, I had John Stewart as a, as a very early mm-hmm. influence cause he was doing news and comedy and that's kind of what I was wanting to get into and Colbert and, um, uh, but from a stand-up perspective, Richard Pryor, just mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the way he kind of made the stand-up special, the stand-up special, I was listening to someone talk about that. I was like, oh, that is true. He just he builds up the stage. He owns the stage, and that's a big stage when you're just one guy sitting there. So um, Bill Burr as well, a um, bunch of people. But, um, you know, the thing with the observational stuff is you can have the same observation as someone else, and that that's not really um, – copying I guess because everybody has that observation but it's what's your take on that observation and um, you know and you know it's funny with Seinfeld you know a lot of those bits I think may have come from like some comedy clubs in the early days you know and um, and uh, that's what a lot of comedians were doing in that era and Seinfeld just kind of made it um he made it uh, popular with the show, you know, and also great comedian, Jerry Seinfeld. And you mentioned um, the comedy clubs. I feel like there was a traditional path in years past where you kind of had to, you know, make your bones doing 10 minutes at a comedy club and eventually sometime you'll, you'll headline. It seems like that's sort of different these days and mm-hmm. anybody with a few, you know, social media followers thinks they think they need an, uh, a Netflix special, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you kind of see that path you know, evolving within kind of your, your field and kind of how yep. technology has shaped that? Yeah, it's definitely involved for better and for worse. I mean, look, you've got, it used to be, and I came up doing comedy before, mm, probably right around the time that people were getting these Netflix specials or whatever just based on their following. Mm-hmm. And that's, look, you can't get a Netflix special based on your following. What you can do is sewer, sewer out, sell out a headlining tour. Mm-hmm. You can do that just on a following. Sure. But if your comedy, if your stand-up is not good, then that will be the last tour that you probably, because word of mouth travels faster, believe it or not, than social media. <laughs> and um, people start talking, especially you do small towns, they'll be talking about how your show was. And, and if you did poorly, they're not going to, you know, that's a big responsibility. When someone's spending 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 you know, if they bought it through Ticketmaster, a thousand dollars. Screw Ticketmaster. Um, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but it's true. Um, they spend money to come see you, and that's uh, that's a responsibility that you know I, I certainly don't take lightly. But um, so again, you can um, become a headlining comedian, uh, but uh, for a tour, for a show. But if you're not good, that'll end there. So. Sure. 
I was lucky that I had kind of before I started doing the stand-up stuff or before I started doing the social media videos doing them well anyway I was in the clubs you know five times a week mm -hmm. six times a week just bombing material you know <laughs> that's part of the process though right yeah well i was I, it was more the open mics sure. i couldn't even get into the clubs sure. you know i was doing the open mics i started doing uh the clubs shortly after that but it was a lot of bringer shows it was like you got to bring 10 people mm -hmm. and then we'll put you up or i was working the uh sound booth you know i was working the ipod the ipod touch you know working everyone's music and then i and then I got like 10 minutes because of that. Wow. And they still want me to bring people, you know? <laughs> and they all got to buy two or three drinks too. While oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And parking. I mean, it's a pain in the oh. you know? I used to buy the tickets, the bringer mm -hmm. tickets, and give them away to my friends because I knew parking was so expensive and they Jeez. still wouldn't come, wow. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really kind of a labor of love there. You know? Oh, yeah. And again, it's it goes back to that passion thing. You got to have the passion um, to do it when no one's looking and to do it when you're not. You, you don't know if you'll ever get paid for it and people will question you and you know you'll feel vulnerable putting something out because you're like what if it's bad and people are like what are you doing with your life you know and when you're not doing comedy full-time and you're just putting something out you do have that fear of people you know being like do they know what the hell they're doing <laughs> the easy thing to do is say no I don't know what I'm doing you know and be okay with that sure it's a tough thing to do right well I want you to help me rank uh, these Midwest phrases from the most mild to the most extreme. Okay. All right. We've got cripes, geez louise, for Pete's sake, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and heavens to Betsy. Oh, geez. Heavens to Betsy. That's, that's, can I see these? Can I, can I, I just got to visually so, uh, see them to see what we're doing. Okay. All right. Now, cripes, pretty, st uh, we'll start with the, the, le Wow. Most mild. Honestly, I think you might have it. Okay, no, no, no. Jesus Louise is mild. Most mild. Then cripes. Then off oh, for Pete's sake. And then, mmm. Oh, and then we'll go heavens to Betsy. And then it goes, Jesus, ah, Mary and Joseph. Mm -hmm. You know, because you don't want to take the Lord's name in vain there. You'll, you know, you'll have to go to confession. So you save yourself and you say Mary and Joseph. You bring the whole family in. Yeah, you do. And then you're talking biblic biblically speaking, you're not taking the Lord's name in vain. That's a commandment you break right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so tell me about being on the road. I mean, you seem like a, a relatively unassuming guy you know people know you from your your face and, and your voice on social media but are you getting recognized on the streets um when you're not in a schwabanon or stevens point or you know when you're in omaha nebraska yeah you? sure yeah that'll happen that'll happen from time to time you know and and that's that's got its pluses and minuses i mean honestly it's a huge blessing that someone would ever recognize me and uh you know in period and so, you know, that's another thing you really take seriously. You don't want to get to a point where you're like, oh, geez, you know, people mm -hmm. won't leave you alone. Like, you better be saying, oh, thank God no one's leaving me alone. I still have a career, <laughs> right. you know. So I try to really, um, uh, you know, uh, say hi back and ask them about how they're doing, you know. And I'll tell you this much. Um, that's that is where I've gotten some of my best bits. <laughs> sure. You know, I you know you just talk to someone, have a conversation with them, 
And this is like the beginning of my bit, of the observational stuff. You just listen to what they're talking about, and someone will drop, they'll drop some dimes on you. They'll be like, yeah, you know, I was going to get my cousin. It, it was no big deal. He was just a couple half hours away, you know? Like, what'd you just say? You just, I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, because that, that's like the gold, is like people's real authentic conversations. I love that, you know, that's great. Right, kind of distilling it all down to the little bits that you put together, your comedy pieces, so. Yeah, it, it helps. When, when you start viewing all that stuff as things that are not um, a burden, as some people do, and I don't quite get that, but um, I mean, I understand some frustrations if you're, especially if you're with, um, somebody, um, you know, like important to you and people mm -hmm. keep coming up and then it sort of disrupts this. Sure. You're supposed to, you know, be a nice person to the person you're with, not ignore them. But so you do have a balancing act sometimes, certainly. But, uh, you know, if it's just by myself, you know, you can, you can have your alone time when you're alone. Sure. You know? so. so I would imagine the past probably five years or so have been pretty, insane pretty chaotic in a good way just the way that you know kind of your life and career has evolved are you able in any way to predict what what the next five years looks like for you no and i wouldn't if i tried you know i wouldn't believe it if i tried because i would have never expected i'd be here never the only thing i can say is uh what i've been doing this whole time is really taking it a joke at a time taking it a video at a time um and I, I, I'm not trying to be uh, cute with that statement, but I'm, I'm just, it just comes back down to the work. Mm -hmm. And I will get into a mental place where a video don't do good, and I'm like, ah, shoot, you know, my brain will be like, oh, it's, it's done, you know, it's over. People are sick of it. Because uh, I'll get creative with how to destroy my, uh, <laughs> my sure. some cool. But then you just have to shift that creativity or that anxiety, I guess, into another creative path and to the next video, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's kind of um, what I just keep trying to do is just the next video, the next video. And while having some ideas or some, you know, you, you have not just the next video, but the next venture. We, you know, we've been toying with doing a Midwest musical. You know, Adam, oh, Adam Gruel from Horseshoes sure. and Hand Grenades, we put that album out, which Quick Trip was so kind to have mm -hmm. in the stores. I think that is a beautiful thing, releasing an album in, a, in, a, in the fill-in station. Right. You know, I mean, it's great. But I th we're, so we're toying with that as sort of a creative idea. Maybe it'll take off, maybe it won't. I'll, a lot of my ideas, you know, bomb. You know, we made videos. We made one this week that you know I thought was a great idea, and that just wasn't hitting in the thing. So, anyway, it just comes down to you know you just take it a joke at a time, a video at a time, and the path will kind of reveal itself. It's like when you're hiking, you know, in the middle of the woods, mm -hmm. and uh, you find yourself going from the main path to like one of them deer paths, one of them fowl paths. You know how the deer kind of make their sure. own paths. So you find yourself on one of them, and then you're like, oh, where do I go now? Well, if you just keep going, the path will reveal itself, you know, if you just keep her moving. Oh, geez, Louise. Look at Did that. you just slip a tagline <laughs> into this whole thing, Charlie? Look at you. All right. Well, we'll segue to our kind of final segment here. Um, quick trip. You know, we've been 
honored to you know work with you and have those albums in our stores and you know you guys put together that beer cave concert you yeah had. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so let's say you're, you're out on the road you're finally coming back to the midwest and you're pulling up to quick trip what are those what are those items that that you crave that you you're going to grab for for lunch when you're and you're on your way back to the airport yeah, I okay. I really like going, um, and usually if there's a quick trip around, I'm not going to the airport. I'm driving, you know. Um, uh, but it'll be. Uh, I like the breakfast sandwiches. I like the biscuit uh, sandwich, you know. And then I get a coffee, or I get a green tea, depending on the day, sure. you know. And I'm a coffee black fella okay. for me. I, I don't uh, tend to put much else in it. Um, you know, I will be honest, and this isn't just because you guys were nice enough to give me a fresh blends thing, but if you take that sucker and put a little hooch in it, it's pretty good. Um, and then I, I, in the mornings, I've been known to get a couple Pedialites, uh, yes. you know, because uh, them are good. Oh, you also have these great, um, I have one around here. There's these great waters that you sell oh, yeah. in the reusable bottles. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big hyd like like when you're in an airport, I get dehydrated sure. a lot. You know, I try to st especially with singing, you gotta stay hydrated. So I like those reusable ones because then I just I always bring my water bottle in uh, and then fill that sucker up because uh, I just gotta keep drinking water because I do some other activities that dehydrate me. It can happen from time to time in the Midwest. Yeah. Yep. Running, a lot of running. running. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, cardio exercise. Definitely not booze at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th you might be familiar with a uh, item on a roller grill that has a, a controversial pronunciation to some. Um, would you pronounce it a tornado or a tornado? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought this up. <sighs> I do think you know if you're talking about tornadoes, you're talking about tornadoes. But tornadoes, I know exactly what you're talking about if you says tornado. And so, I, I mean, look, I don't want to get political in this podcast, but I will call it a tornado, but I will only know what you're talking about if you call it a tornado. How about I put it up there like that? I like it. I like it. And uh, then the big question, chocolate milk. Are you mm -hmm. on team brown cap or green cap? Mm, that, Pe people is... want to know. Okay, I am on team brown cap. I do have to say that just because it reminds me of uh, we had a similar kind of look when I was in grade school. You know, the the green is confusing to me. Mm -hmm. It makes me think it's two percenter. Ah, you know, okay. so um, so that's just how my brain works. I can't help it. I obviously like green. You know, for obvious reasons, Packers, but. Um, yeah, I will, I will be more inclined to go, you know, brown cap. Very cool. Well, Charlie Behrens, uh, we appreciate your time. Oh, one last question. I was going to ask your, your social media mentions, do they look a little different when the Packers are playing the Bears with mm -hmm. that uh, tagline we were talking yeah, about earlier? They get a little upset. <laughs> they get a little upset. They're like, how could you say this? I was like, how could you not say this? You know, but hey, Packers are going to beat the Bears this Sunday. Mark my words. Okay. And, um. As always, go Packers. Okay. The Bears. Oh, can I say that on this? Shoot, now you gotta edit. Sorry. <laughs> we apologize. It's, it, it's not a sin if you say the Bears after the Absolutely. F word. Well, Charlie Barons, we appreciate your time. And Thank you. We'll see you next time. All right, watch for deer. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Quick Cast. Hey, we'll see you next time.